Hi, it's Dr. Jenny, and I want to take a minute to welcome you to my Health Hacks podcast. This week, we are talking about mold toxicity. It's a very common and very often overlooked case of major health problems. So I want to just spend a little bit of time talking about it. You might think that you would know if you had exposure to mold, that stinky, musty smell that you comes to mind as soon as I say mold. Well, that might or might not be the case. Uh, oftentimes mold is an issue and you can't see or smell it. Um, so I, I run into a lot of people that have had complicated chronic health problems and that they're just not getting the answers that they want until we we do the work around mold and we find, oh wow, that was a that was a problem. So what kind of symptoms might someone expect if they were exposed to mold? A variety of symptoms. That's what makes this so nasty is that the, the most classic are the allergy-like symptoms, runny nose, cough, trouble breathing, feels like asthma is made worse if you are affected by asthma, those kinds of things. But you also have joint pain, headaches, fatigue, neurological symptoms like brain fog, depression, anxiety, irritability, and even I have seen seizures with mold toxicity. So um, th that's one that not a lot of people think of. And then also exposure to mold is often a piece of the puzzle with a thyroid that has slowed down. So um, I see that quite a bit too. And, and when you fail to address that piece of the puzzle, you don't get full resolution on the thyroid issue because you still have that underlying mold issue there. So how does mold cause all these symptoms that are seemingly unrelated? Well, that is because there's actually different types of mold. So you have different types of mold. They secrete different what are called mycotoxins. And that's what makes you sick, the mycotoxins. And depending on the type of mold and the mycotoxin involved, the symptoms can be different as we saw above. Like for example, aspergillus is a probably one of the more common mycotoxins that people see with mold. And that is what causes the respiratory, the sneezing and the breathing problems and that kind of stuff. Um, gliotoxin is another one. It's not quite as common, but that's the neurological side of the, the house on the symptoms. So um, just depends on what you're exposed to will um, tell us what kind of symptoms might be correlated with that specific type of mycotoxin. And again, that's why mold can be so hard to identify as an issue and then to treat when, when we do find out it's a problem. So, um, you know, th the other thing is that not everybody is, is affected by mold. It's not an equal opportunity offender. About 25%, and I think the actual number's 24 specifically, 24% of the population is allergic to mold. So obviously if you're allergic to mold and then you get exposed to it, your symptoms are going to be much more marked and severe than someone who's not allergic. And a lot of people already know if they have a mold allergy because they've had allergy testing and, um, that's that skin prick test you get from an allergist, or you can do it, um, by a blood test too. When I do it, I, I run a blood test for it. So either way, a lot of people already know that and because they it's just lumped in with seasonal allergies they're allergic to mold that mold goes up they feel worse it goes down they feel they feel better um, but that would also explain why those people if if they are living in a home with say five people 
if you have one or two of them that's allergic to mold, statistically that would that would be about right. One or two of them is probably allergic. Those are the ones that are going to have all the symptoms and the, the most severe symptoms. And then maybe the other three, they're living in a moldy house and they don't seem to be affected. Um, but over time, if the, the levels get high enough and, and they're exposed for long periods of time, they, they will start to, to be affected as well. Um, and then there's also a genetic uh, piece to this puzzle too. Um, so we have different types of mold that produce different types of mycotoxins and those mycotoxins have to be cleared out by the body and or detoxified different there's different pathways of detoxification for different types of mycotoxins so genetically people can have a harder time with those pathways so that means that if i need a certain pathway to detoxify a mycotoxin that I'm exposed to because of mold, if if genetically I don't, that pathway is compromised, it's going to be harder for me to get rid of it. I'm going to be sicker. Again, that explains why people are affected differently in the same situation. And you might think, well, that can't be mold. Everybody would be sick if it were. Well, again, not true because maybe there's a genetic issue or a, an allergy issue that makes someone more susceptible to that. So mold loves humidity and moisture. So guess where that means mold is? Everywhere. Um, the desert is the one place you're the most safe for mold, but it's, it even shows up there. Undetected leaks in pipes, flooding, and high levels of humidity are all great ways to foster the development of mold. So think of turning off an AC and then in a house, and then closing it up for a long period of time. So anytime you're looking at homes that have been foreclosed, unoccupied homes that have been sitting for a long time, whether they're being sold or it's a rental situation and you had one tenant move out, they turned off all the utilities, the home sat in the summer for two months until the next tenant moved in. That was a great invitation for mold to start growing all over the place. So um, just some things to consider. And when you think, oh, well, there's no way I could be exposed to mold. Probably that one of those situations has, um, happened to you at some point. Also, mold doesn't always smell, you know, it has that, it can have that musty characteristic smell that gets into your clothes and your furniture, but very often it's possible not to smell anything at all. Again, making it really nasty to treat and deal with. <laughs> so what do you, what do you do if you suspect like, Hey, I think I've been exposed to mold. Where do I start? What should I do? Okay. First of all, start looking for visible signs of mold. Check out your bathroom, get under your sink in the kitchen. That's, those are two common places. Anywhere you find water. Um, if you have a window air conditioner unit or uh, a basement, things like that. If you can see the mold, you can be sure that it's an issue. If you can see it, clean it up. And, and here are some of the things that, um, are known to kill mold. A 3% hydrogen peroxide solution. That's just the standard that you uh, buy at the drugstore. Bleach diluted one cup of bleach per gallon of water. Now that's a pretty toxic thing, but it will kill mold. So that's why I am talking about it. Um, undiluted white vinegar, or you can buy a um, 
product that is specifically designed to kill mold. And there's a company called Microbalance Health Products. Their website is microbalancehealthproducts.com. And they make a whole line of great non-toxic products that are designed for the killing of mold and the, to deal. Their whole company is based on mold, <laughs> basically. And so um, just remember, though, that you can't always see mold. So a large percentage of mold problems are coming from places that you um, that you can't see. But if you can see it, you, you want to make sure you're cleaning it up. And that's how you do it. Um, and, and then you want to test your home. It, the, the best way to start is just either visit that, um, the company that I just mentioned above that makes all the mold products, um, microbalancehealthproducts.com. They have some um, DIY home test kits, or you can just visit your local hardware store and pick up some mold testing kits. You just leave this out in your uh, home and see if mold's growing. That If, if you... That's like a, to, to me, that's like the first line. Like, hey, I think I have a problem. Let's, we don't want to go spend a ton of money if we don't have a problem, but let's, let's at least see. So we, um, if you can see it, you know, it's a problem. And if you can test a little test kit at home and it shows up positive, then it's probably time to call a professional and have them come in and say, okay, how are we, how are we going to deal with this in a safe way and identify where it's coming from and where is it? Is it all over the house? Is it just confined to a certain um, specific environment in the house? So uh, I, I would start with the DIY home test kit and then move into professional help if you find um, that that's an issue because the, the root cause has to be removed and addressed. So, um, and, and I think professional help is, is a good idea there. While you are going through that process, if you suspect mold to be an issue, using a HEPA air purifier plus UV. So um, you can buy a HEPA air purifier, you can buy a UV air purifier, you can buy both of them together, <laughs> which I think is the best way to do it. Um, because then you just get like a double, a double whammy of protection there. Um, and if you just look on Amazon, you'll find different, all different kinds of price points and sizes. You're going to want to measure the space and, and get the appropriate um, filters. I, I just went through this process for my office. And so I needed to actually get three of them to place throughout the office to make sure that I was covering the right amount of, of square footage. And then the other thing that you'll want to do is make sure that you're using a dehumidifier because mold cannot grow if the humidity is not high enough. So um, especially if you're in a basement, uh, if you have a basement or your office is in a basement or anything like that where humidity is just guaranteed to be a problem. Also, you can address mold in your laundry. A lot of people forget that piece. And um, the the company that um, I mentioned before, Microbalance Health Products, uh, they have uh, additive. You can just add this to your laundry in addition to the laundry detergent, and it kills mold. The, some of the other alternatives to that are a half a cup of borax or a cup of vinegar in your wash cycle. Those things kill mold and heat destroys the spores also. So hot water or real hot dryer, those things, those things as well. I just started using um, a cup of 
vinegar and a half a cup of borax in every one of my wash loads just um, to be sure too because I I'm, I'm in the testing process right now at, at the office. I think that we've been exposed. And so I'm trying to find out what we need to do to correct the problem. And then um, the, the other thing you probably want to do is test yourself. So you test your office or your home or wherever you think you have exposure, but you also want to test yourself because as I was mentioning before, you want to know what type of mycotoxin you're dealing with. These types of mycotoxins will vary by region of the country. So um, what the, the type of mold and mycotoxin we see most commonly in Missouri, for example, might be different than what you see up in New, the New England area or in Colorado or Utah or other parts of the country. So um, I and I think that it's good to have this information because number one, you know whether you, you really have a problem because you're seeing the mycotoxin load in your body. It's a simple urine test that you perform at home and you'll know, number one, is it a problem? And then number two, what, what specific toxin do we need to target with our interventions? So different kind of mycotoxins will respond to different agents that help you kill them and eliminate them from your body. So um, if, if you don't choose the right um, agent, you might not be actually targeting what's causing you to have a problem. So um, there, there's that. And then testing might also involve allergy testing to, to know if you don't already have that information to know whether a true allergy is an issue for you. And then um, genetic testing um, so that we know uh, if your detoxification pathways are compromised and if that's one of the specific um, detoxification pathways you're going to need for the mycotoxin that you've been exposed to, then we can support that. It might look like um, giving you methyl donors like SAMe or liver supports or just different things that might not be necessary in everyone, but if you have a genetic issue around a certain pathway, then you probably may not respond as well without those additional supports in place. So um, you'll, you're gonna wanna use a functional health professional that, that has some experience dealing with mold to, to help you there. It, so many times if you go to your uh, primary care doctor, they're just gonna say, well, there's really nothing you can do about mold. And I don't know that that's really a problem, but I have seen it be a huge problem. And I've seen how much better people feel when they, when they go on to address it and take care of it. So. Oh, I, I think that's important. And then um, you want to use the appropriate interventions to kill off the mycotoxins that are making you sick. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the testing is um, when you know what you're dealing with, you can choose your, your strategy. Um, for example, activated charcoal, activated carbon, bentonite clay. Those are all things that will bind different kinds of mycotoxins. Some will respond better to bentonite clay. Some will respond to activated carbon, but not bentonite clay. And so, um, you know, I just throw those examples out there because um, those are the things that work for mycotoxins, but some of them are more specific to certain ones. So I think that's where the value in having that, that test done comes in. And then also supporting your lymphatic drainage channels. That's like taking out the trash, if you will. So you can detox yourself from these things all day long, but if you're not draining properly and your liver is not, 
you know, firing on all cylinders, so to speak, to help with that detoxification program, you are going to just, your body's going to be overwhelmed and, and you're going to feel really sick as you go through that process. Um, also elimination. If you are not moving your bowels every day and you start binding up these mycotoxins and your body's trying to eliminate them, but they sit in your gut for three days because you're not going poop, then those toxins, they, they get reabsorbed. And so they end up being more toxic than they would if you didn't do this. So you, all that stuff is super important. And that's why I think it's, it's good to work with a healthcare practitioner that understands that and, and, and can do that. And then the genetic piece of it and the allergy question too, are another, um, you know, again, good things to know about that. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope it maybe got you thinking about, Hey, gosh, you know, maybe this is more of an issue for me than I thought. If, if you need to talk to someone about that, um, visit drjenny.com, D-R-J-E-N-I.com. And um, just take a minute to um, request a free consultation. And we'll just go from there to see if that is something that might be an issue for you. And if so, if you want to move forward on um, looking into that and getting some help. So I hope that you enjoyed that. And I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.